Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. You're making a funny face. I was trying to remember if it was around or between. Or... It could be any of those things I, at I, this point. We it used could to. Be. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So we went to San Francisco. We did. To stay with your cousin Vinny on their houseboat. Yes. And we were trying to figure out, as we often do, how to get childcare managed when we go someplace with plan A, B, C, D, F, L, M, N, O, P. Right. And... And that last one was bring the kid with us. Which ended up being the plan, which kind of became the plan, not because we ran out of other options, but because he realized where we were going and said he wanted to come with us. And everyone decided that, yes, that would be a good idea for him to have some bonding time with you. We also had nowhere to put him. Yeah, we would have had to go through a significant amount of effort above and beyond the usual amount of significant effort. So fortunately, he wanted to go with us or it would have been harder. It would have been harder. Mm-hmm. He likes Vinny. He likes the houseboat. He's always liked Vinny. Ever since he was tiny, he has liked Vinny and especially Vinny's food. Yes. Vinny has allergies and reactions and sensitivities and... Yeah, but if Vinny's eating it, the boy's going to eat it, whatever it is. to Willie, anything that Vinny has, every time. Pretty much, yeah. So taking a 12-going-on-7-year-old to the bay, Mm -hmm. to Transmarch, Dykemarch, Pride... I didn't tell him exactly what we were doing. Which I felt marginally frustrated by, because when I said something about going to a march and march, 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 and getting all silly with him like I do to try and connect with him because it's one of the few things that he and I can like actually connect on. And then you were like, no, I didn't say anything about marching. And then he was getting snippy because you were reacting about me saying marching and he didn't realize there was marching. He knew that we were going places with Vinny that were going to be lots of walking, and that's why we brought his scooter. Because he has had leg injuries, and he does have problems with his leg as a result of his developmental delay and other medical problems. And I did mention to him that we were going to some events. And he was terribly frustrated that he couldn't bring his motorized scooter. It didn't have a plug-in to charge the battery. Why do you get a motorized scooter and not have a plug? Because someone gave it to you and there was no plug. Okay. It was working for a while. It was still charged. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he brought his scooter and we brought everything for staying on a houseboat because Vinny doesn't really have extra space, has sort of a fold-out couch, except it's not really, <laughs> and... So we had to bring all the stuff. And we did. We we actually had more blankets than we needed, which is good to know for next time. I wasn't sure because... When you're on the bay, it can get cold. It can fog. get very chilly, yeah. but you can't leave the windows open in a houseboat because raccoons can come in and such. So yes. it's not a thing you do. They don't have screens on their windows? No, there's no screens. Their trash cans are raccoon proof and, and also 12 going on 7 proof. Yes. 12 going on 7 could not open the raccoon proof trash bins until we showed him more than once. I didn't show him, but I guess you and Vinny did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said it was locked. And so the first time, because it was dark, I didn't check, but it wasn't locked. It's clipped. Yeah. It's sort of a raccoon version of a bear box. Right. Yeah. So 
We hadn't been to any Pride events in the Bay Area since the kids were about, I think, about four or something, the little kids. Correct. Yeah. Um, Well, because, you know, we had like a wedding and then we had moving at the same time as the wedding and then we had... uh, Life? Yeah, a bunch of things in a row and we didn't get back down there. Right. And in the meantime, the marching has gotten very big. Yes. In the years that we have not gone, in the six or seven years since we've been... Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has become a thing. That was We mostly went to go to the park thing, which Vinny told us the park would be very full of everybody in the entire city. At Dyke March, not at Trans March. Yeah. And earlier today, as we were preparing to record, you asked me, you know, like you expressed confusion about why there were more people at the Dyke March event prior to the actual marching than there had been at the Trans March, and why there were so many straight people who so clearly were going to be in Vinny's words, much less tolerant after the dykes have left. And the thought that went through my head was, it's a bunch of folks looking for their unicorn. It's a bunch of dudes looking for that male gaze gratification. They just wanted to go see the lesbians. I don't think they were the lesbians that they were looking for. I don't think so either, which is why they get grumpy after all the lesbians leave. I I can see that theory. Everybody wants to go see the dykes. I want to go see the dykes. That's what we went for. Right? We wanted to see them marching. And I thought it was good that at Dyke March, they had a dykes only area. Like, it was cordoned off. They did. Because... They had yellow tape that said dykes only. That's hilarious <laughs> to great. me that they had, like, caution tape that was printed and said dykes only. I thought that was well, the greatest thing Well, all those ever. other people are just going to go over there in their space. Right. And it's not the point of a dyke march. No, it's not. Although, to be honest, the dykes only area should have been the majority of the freaking space. Right. Maybe their permit didn't have that, you know? Yeah. There's permits for these things. I don't know. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have put up some tape you would think. over there, too. Oh, well, yeah. that's okay. Dyke March was the second day. The first day we went to Trans March, the second day we went to Dyke March. Yes. But first, we actually arrived. Yes, we did. Which was just getting everything in and getting settled in and doing that while a small man is wanting to go fishing. Well, and trying to leave the house because you had to go to work for first. And, oh, I did have to go. And to then work you first. came back and you looked at the pile of stuff and said, all of this is going in the car. And, and all of it needed to go in the car. Because I didn't realize that Vinny didn't have a, a space for us that we would have to make our own space inside of Vinny's space. Right. I can't figure out a way to say this in a way that doesn't sound judgmental. So I'm not like faulting Vinny for this, but it seems like if you're inviting someone into your space, then you should ensure that you have what it takes to make them comfortable in your space. Well, they had some of the things, but their wife had moved things and they couldn't get to them, which we did eventually get those things out from underneath. Oh, yeah. So, and they didn't know where, where other things were because their wife had put them somewhere and then they were, you know. And this is kind of a problem because they're currently separated from their wife. They still see one another. They still interact with one another. They're still romantic with one another, but they do not share a living space anymore. So they're living in separate houses. Yeah. But the wife comes over and rearranges things anyway. (laughs) Yes. And Vinny can't crawl under those into that storage space. I had to get down in there and get stuff out and then put it back. You, Yeah, you had to do a lot of helping. And actually, we ended up helping with like ballasting the 
boat and moving things around and yeah, Vinny has doing um, some engineering tasks on the upper level. Yeah, Vinny has some problems with um, joints and... Connective tissue. Yeah, connective tissue that make it impossible to lift heavy things or, yeah, do a lot of right. things. But I can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things. You just need Vinny the engineer to tell you which things to do and where and how. Yes. So that worked. Yes. Then they have a mostly not helpful helper that's come and oh, done things. Their retired that, contractor friend, yes. Yeah, who doesn't do things the way they're told. That was an interesting thing, too, because Vinny said they're, he's a very nice guy and they get along, they're good friends. They talk to each other about engineering things. Mm-hmm. But because Vinny can't do things themselves, and usually that's why they have this contractor friend do things. Right. But he doesn't do things the way he's told because Vinny looks like a female bodied person and he's one of those people who just doesn't listen to those shaped people. Yes. And so that Vinny said, now that there's a man at my house. <laughs> We can borrow all my tools back. Right. You know. It's hilarious. So I could just walk down the deck with Vinny and Vinny would point at the saw and I'd carry it back to the boat and we'd cut some wood. and Right. Yeah. Um, so we could do whatever Vinny wanted because I was there, which was nice for Vinny, I thought. I thought so too. Yeah. yeah was, I was, I was glad to be helpful. And then there was a boy who was insistent on the fishing thing. I knew he would be, and, and Vinny said there, everybody goes fishing over there at the end of the deck or the other side or wherever he went. But the thing is with the boy is there wasn't, an, there was one guy way at the end, and the boy wanted us to be over there, and we didn't want to be over there. And the boy is a very social creature, and so he wants other people around so he can talk at them while he's doing his whatever he's he, doing. He needs an audience. He does. He's very social. Uh-huh. I don't need that, you and do Vinny not. does not need that. No. So. Uh, I just told him no he would have to go over there and go fishing I wasn't I would check on him right and it's often how I have to do it because he likes to do a lot of things and I don't want to do all those things and because he at least looks like a 12 year old he's not going to get pestered by other adults well I should say he looks more like a 10 year old but he looks big enough and carries himself in such a way that adults are going to think oh there's some tween doing a thing they're not going to think oh there's some person with the brain of a seven-year-old doing a thing. Right. And he's not afraid to ask people things. So he will ask the other people fishing, you know, questions about the fishing and they'll tell him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. His, his forthrightness makes me cringe sometimes and sometimes makes the people that he approaches also cringe. But most of the time- I'm too busy cringing to notice if we're cringing. Endearing. Right. Many people do because he's so like unexpectedly forthcoming that people are put slightly off guard and are laughing. And then by the time they're laughing, that's releasing the happy making chemicals in their brain from having laughed. And then they associate that with the small person standing in front of them. I've seen this work a few times. I wasn't looking, I guess. I, I've learned to social by being intentionally very studious of the social interactions. So it's still a habit. Right. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to him doing that. And so when he's asking me a fishing question that I don't have an answer to, I know he's just going to ask all the other people and they'll know, you know. So when I, when I sent him out there, I said, if you're not sure, just ask the other guy out there. Right. And they told him because he asked him. Oh, yeah. He'll ask all the questions. Yeah. Which and is fine. I mean, 
He's he's going to get clearer answers, and he can actually seemingly pay attention to those answers because they're exactly what he's seeking. Yes, you know, because there's a lot of guys who won't ask anything and do everything wrong. So yes, so that it's does good work for to him. his benefit. Yes, it does. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to identify things that work to his benefit, which was really good to do when I was sitting there talking with Vinny, oftentimes when you were off doing things with number two child. Supervising his whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, especially on the last day when we weren't at the Pride Parade on Sunday. We actually didn't go into town on Sunday. We decided that would be too many people. It probably would have been. You are correct. Because I left it up to you right. what things we were going to and when we were going. Right. So, yeah, and I, I figured that by then even my extrovert ass would be peopled out. Right. And I mostly was correct. Although half of being peopled out was being peopled out by the very one small, very peopley person. Yep. <laughs> but on that last day when you were taking him out in a kayak and then this and that and the other and some other times when we were out like walking places and cousin Vinny was walking with us and noticing that, oh, wow, this kid really is cognitively seven. Which validates our reality because I'm usually so busy dealing with it. I don't have time to think about it. It's not really relevant to how I'm going to approach the situation. I'm going to approach it the way I'm already approaching it. Right. You know, but it is validating to know that it's visible. Some years ago, when he was a cognitive four-year-old and an actual probably seven, eight-ish, nine-ish year old. And he had, it seemed like he had been three to four for a very, very long time. And you said, I'm ready for him not to be four anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think there's still some of that, even though it's not in our forebrain, it's not like in our consciousness, it's still that sense of exhaustion with can we please be done with this developmental stage? I'm done. I am so, so very done putting out this type of fire, mm -hmm. preventing this type of problem. Right. And a lot of changes. I mean, he can do some more things that a seven or eight year old could do. Yes. Okay, maybe seven. But also because of the way he looks, people don't freak out as much as when you have a smaller person running amok. Yes. Um, they expect a person of his size to run amok a bit themselves. And, and that's sort of, it's normalized. Tweens are afforded the freedom of movement that upper grade level, you know, um, upper elementary children were afforded when we were young. Mm -hmm. um, if they saw seven-year-olds running around like this kid does, they would probably question where are this kid's parents because that's how people are now. Yes, they are. This is why people call the cops on free-range parented children. Yep. Apparently so. We've seen that kind of news. But yeah, so Vinny and I would end up having these conversations about Vinny's stepchildren, Vinny's wife's children, one of whom also has some unique challenges, mm -hmm. and talking about how our boy is really set up to have a better outcome because even though he is significantly more disabled, when he is not stuck in his brainstem, he is much more eager to please, much more desirous of making other people happy. He has a genuinely good heart. And it's not just a people-pleasing kind of thing. It's he genuinely wants to see people happy. Yes. 
He enjoys their happiness. He enjoys other people's happiness. He cares about small creatures. Mm-hmm. He cares about people who are less able or less privileged than he is. Yes, he does. I think that does set him up to be taken advantage of a little bit, but it also means that in the long run, he will hopefully have better outcomes because in the situations where he needs to learn the things, he will actually want to learn them and not just be like, fuck all of y'all. Yeah, I do think he probably needs a probiotics twice a day because we had some blow-ups towards the end, which also had to do with him not sleeping enough and having too much screens, which he would have because we had been walking and moving a lot and he was tired and he had not had enough sleep. Right. So I'm thinking he seems to do better if I give him the probiotics twice a day. Which we've talked before about how his psychiatrist was researching the gut-brain connection and actually prescribed him the probiotics Mm -hmm. for that reason. Thank God they're working. I could see Vinny sometimes standing there looking at me like, okay, so now what are you going to have to do? And it's kind of wild because on that very last day, when he was just a battering ram looking for a firm boundary, and I was waiting for you to just haul off and yank him by the ear in and tell him to sit down and you're in timeout, stay right here, don't do anything. And you said, do whatever you're going to do. I don't care anymore. I need to go pack up. And I was like, oh. I was ready to push him in the water. You were, and he was going to get in the water anyway, even though we had told him, don't do that over by the boats. You'll get a parasite or something stupid will happen, and there's nowhere for you to climb out. And Yeah, I start getting mad, and then I get mad about being mad, and it's just not going to go somewhere good, and I just needed to get away from him. So I couldn't yeah, take so, him and put him anywhere right. without even though yeah, causing a big problem for all of us. And so he ended up jumping in, and Cousin Vinny was just looking at me like, nobody's going to do anything about this? And I'm like, nope, I don't get to. And he's probably not in a mental state to. Right. But then Vinny got really, really ticked off. Like he's coming up on the dock and, and Vinny says, don't you come in my boat dripping wet. Mm-hmm. Like Vinny was so overdone. Like Vinny was even yeah. pissed at the kid by that yeah. point. I probably should have put him in sooner. The other thing I need to do is not let him stay up. But we, you know, we'd be sitting there talking with Vinny and time would pass and, and he would have the screen too long. Yeah, but no matter what the external situation is, he still needs to have a sense that he is responsible for his own choices and the consequences thereof. Well, and sometimes he's going to do the things and then find out the consequences. I can't stop him every time before. Because he did come out to the car where I was putting things, dripping wet, and say to me, everybody's being an ass to me because I, you know, I proved I was right. And I said, no, everyone is being an ass to you because they told you not to do that and you decided you really needed to do it anyway and so you did and he wanted to prove that he really could climb up on the boats and get back up out of the water that was his like so he just stood there by the gate looking at me like oh i'm wrong and i'm looking at him like yes you're wrong and then he was like okay i said so did you whip out the that's your fault which Yes, I did. Oh, good. Yes, I did. I hate to say this, and to recap from previous episodes, most kids, you don't want to remind them that it's their fault. You just want to have them realize it, but he's not going to realize it. He needs to be told, this was your fault, and this is how we help you avoid it in the future. Yes. And so I said, so now what you need to do is go rinse off with the hose, and I will show you so that you don't turn off the neighbor's water. (laughs) 
Because then he had showed me, don't, don't yeah. use the other hose. And then he got a little bit like worried at first. I said, no, no, I put the right hose on for him. Don't worry. Yep. But then he was all done with the chaos by then. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I understand. I'm often all done with the chaos and still have to manage it for like a hundred more hours. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel bad that that's on you. But then I also think, well, that was my full-time job for three or four years until it became a problem that it was my full-time job. So... Sorry? <laughs> There's nothing else to do about it. Right. I What I can do with him now is I can talk to him afterwards and say, that didn't go well. And here's what I think we should do next time. We should not have you stay up very late. You should go to bed earlier mm-hmm. and not have the screen so long. And he'll agree with you in that moment. But the he next will. time he has the chance to stay up late and have a screen for too long, but he we, will. See, now we've had this discussion. And so when we go back to Vinny's in a few weeks, him and I, mm-hmm. I will say, no, you are going to bed now and there is no screen. And that, that'll be that. Like it's already in his mind. He knows how to do it if you prime him. Yes. He knew this from the time he could talk and he'd be sitting in his car seat. And when he'd come to the car from school and get in his car seat, I would let him have gum because he wouldn't swallow it Mm -hmm. or a mint. Mm-hmm. Most two-year-olds don't want mints. He did. He has, because of his sensory integration issues, always been very drawn to extreme, powerful flavors, scents, sensations. Right. And so a two-year-old who wants a mint should have been a clue that this kid didn't have a normal sensory profile, but... <laughs> I already knew this, but there's a, you know... So he'd get in his car seat, and then I'd give him a mint or some gum. And I'd say, if you ask for more, I'm going to say no. And I'd drive, and then he'd say, if I ask for more, you're going to say no. And I said, that is correct. I will say no. And he said, okay. So he understands that. That is funny to me. Yeah. He understands that if you prime him. He is more pushy at certain times than others, and has gotten more pushy as he's gotten older, but has more verbal skills or effects similarly thereof. Yes, he's got the skills to be more pushy. Mm -hmm. But either way, we were able to drag him along with us to Transmart on Friday and Dyke March on Saturday. Right. And when I told him we were going to an event, he did ask me about it. And I said there were other people like me there and that Vinny wanted to go. And so we were going to go with Vinny, which is true. Uh-huh. I mean, by myself, I would have said, eh, that's okay. I know they're there. I don't have to go see them or be with them, you know? Right. But uh, but I knew you like to go see things and people. Mm-hmm. And Vinny wanted to go to the march. And I thought, well, that, that'll be fine. I'm with you folks and it'll be fine. And I told him that. But the poor guy was sitting on his scooter in the, you know, on the ground. Uh Uh-huh. And there's a naked guy walking toward him. Boy, did he jump up and look look around like, what what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, this... (laughs) Well, and before that even happened, like he had, he had sat down, we sat down like under a tree or something, and he kind of lays back like he's a little bit overdone, but he's not going to admit it. And he starts to doze off. And then he wakes up from dozing off and apparently sees some topless woman going by and says, were there naked people on that stage? And we were like, no, there were no naked people on the stage, but there were other naked people like in other places. Most of them were half naked, except this guy. Well, there were numerous this guys. And if I could come up with something rational to say about cisgender naked men at Transmarch, I would say it. 
the fact that there were cisgender men wagging their weenies at Trans March. I think it says enough for itself. Yeah. So, he, yeah, he jumped up and came over there and, and he's like, why is that guy naked? I said, I really don't know. I don't understand it at all. So... He appreciated that. Yes. That here's a thing that he can't understand why this guy's weenies come right at him. And he didn't like it. <laughs> and and uh, I could understand that because he's also a cisgendered straight guy. Doesn't yes. want anybody's weenie wagged at him. No, no, that is true. Yeah. And I think when he's a little bit more cognitively mature, there is a discussion to be had of normalizing the human body. And yes, some people like to be naked. Some people don't like clothes. It's okay. Well, I said something about that to him. I said, some people don't want to wear clothes. And he said, isn't that illegal? And I said, you know, I'm not sure if it's illegal where we're at right now, or if he's just going to get away with it because there's so many people. I couldn't tell you that. Yeah, actually for, I believe, for the Pride events and for Folsom Fair and for, you know, all of those special queer and kink events, they generally do get nudity included in their permit. Yeah, that makes sense. But I couldn't answer that question for him. Him, right. You know, at that so, moment. But I could I could guess that. When he was all done marching, like when his legs had given out after the march had started, and Vinny says, well, let's just wait off on the side and, and cheer everybody else on. And once they go past, we can decide if we want to keep marching or if we're ready to head back to the BART or just be done with our day or whatever. And as we're standing there watching people, you know, a couple more naked, what seemed to be cisgender men walk past. And Vinny says, man, why is it always the guys with tiny peckers that are out here naked? Yeah, because Vinny kept forgetting there's a short guy with us who picks up on everything you say. And the, Especially those things. And number two child goes, I know, right? Like all these dudes wearing Tic Tacs. <laughs> and I'm like, oh... And I was like, wow, that's not the conversation I thought we were going to have, but okay. You you know the things he picks up at school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now you do. Yeah, well, he can't help but spit them out once in a while. No, he can't. He's he's a parrot, just like when you said, if you ask, I'll say no, and then he would parrot it a minute later. If I ask, you'll say no. He's going to parrot whatever he hears, wherever he hears it from. Right. And that's a bit for him, I, I think. Like when I say to you, what are you saying? And you're talking to yourself because you're processing. Yes. And that's his way of trying to process what's happening mm-hmm. or what he's heard and what that thing means. Mm-hmm. So he picks it up at school. But then he has, with me, it's my internal processing, like I'm rehearsing a conversation, I'm rehearsing something I'm about to say, or I'm rehearsing something I just said or just wrote to make sure that it really does sound like when I audiate it, when I hear it in my thinking voice, or when I say it out loud to myself, that it actually does sound like what I thought it sounded like. For him, he doesn't have that ability to audiate or to self-reflect. He has to say it out loud and see what other people do. Yes, and especially if it's something that he doesn't understand yet. Yes. That's his way of processing it, is to see reactions, or whatever his reaction was to that. Yes. And the other thing that he did that I thought was really, like, he was really open to learning. As we were walking from the BART, we had to go to, like, a drugstore before we went to Dolores Park. Mm-hmm. And as we're walking up the street, what looks to be a noticeable trans woman passes us and he says, I think that's a woman that used to be a man. Mm -hmm. 
And I said, oh, honey, let's talk about vocabulary. And he listened. And he listened. And I was so amazed that he listened. Mm -hmm. And again, it was because you had the body language and the all the indications that you were listening to me talk. And so he followed along, which I think was noticeable after march, 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 march. And you were like body language and intonation was trying to shut me down. And so he wanted to shut me down. I think he follows you with a lot of that. Right. I often notice that. So yeah. we had we had that discussion about vocabulary. And I said, you know, your father is a man who some people used to think he was a woman. But did he ever have a woman brain? He never had. A, he was always a man. He's a certain type of man because he he used to have a different kind of body that's called transgender. But he's just a transgender man. He's not a woman who used to, or a man who used to be a woman. He's just a man. And so if you see someone who's doesn't match or who doesn't look like what you think a woman usually looks like, they might be transgender woman, but they're just a woman. They're not a woman who used to be a man. And he was like, oh, oh okay. I got that now. I got it. Yeah. And then he felt the need to pass, to point out three other noticeable women on the way back to the park. Did he? I didn't, I didn't hear him. As well as pointing out the woman who was talking to herself very loudly. Yeah, he, you know, the city is a very busy place anyway. And then during Pride, it's extra busy. And there are certain things that are big wows to him because there are, we live in a very different place. In, in a large city, there is a slightly higher per capita incidence of untreated mental illness. Mm -hmm. But even though it's only slightly higher, the fact that there are just that many more people means that purely by the numbers, that tiny fraction of a percent is still going to also be a fairly large number. Well, there's that. And when we very first got off the BART and we're walking, there's like trash and lots of people and people are saying all kinds of things and doing a lot of different things that look to him like possibly shady or peeing places they shouldn't or, you know, smoking or he smells weed or th there's all kinds of things happening. Mm -hmm. And he was just kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? And I said, and the city is very different. Pointed out everything that was different, the, the people talking to themselves and every single person who had a cigarette that didn't look like a cigarette. And every time he smelled something that smelled like what he thinks weed smells like, everything got pointed out. He had to comment again, it was that I can't process it in myself. I need to verbalize what I'm experiencing and see how other people respond to it. Yeah, that's his, his MO. And I could say to him, well, like when we passed the woman the first time, I said, well, it doesn't look like she's talking in any phone, like, you know. An earpiece ear or anything like that. Earpiece or something. But we could be wrong because mm -hmm. we came, you know, she was facing the other way. We came from behind her. And then on the way back, it was clear that she wasn't. And, and uh, I said, well, you know, um, that's too bad because she doesn't seem very happy about it. And she seems like she's having a hard time and there's not, not a lot anybody can do to help her. She's not asking people for help. She's right. doing her thing. And just him trying to understand why somebody's talking to themselves and that they might need medicine. And yeah. Yeah. So, there were. I, I, did I ever tell you? It's funny to me, but his mother has a brother who's schizophrenic and sometimes he doesn't take his meds and he's out in the streets for a while and then yeah. he comes back and he does not look well. Mm -hmm. And uh, the boy saw him when they were living in Texas. Mm -hmm. And he said to his mother, what's wrong with him? And his mother said, he did too many drugs because she's trying to get in his mind, don't do drugs. Right. Which is totally fine because it's fine with me if he thinks that people who are crazy on the street have done too many drugs because <laughs> yeah. I just want him to not do drugs. It's not yeah. good. He's already got enough problems. He doesn't right? need to add that to it. <laughs> oh, gosh. So he might think that too. But anyhow. 
we we went to the trans march and he saw a bunch of weenies and a bunch of boobies and the thing that struck me about trans march was that it was still a very inclusive space the whole pride event this year and i get the sense from what i see on social media that this is becoming sort of a pervasive theme in pride events across the world is that it's very anti police it's very anti law enforcement anti government anti ice you know it, it's enveloping many other progressive causes. Well, the first dike march, the dikes were in charge of the security. Mm -hmm. So that is something that seems to be coming back around. Yes, I think that would be a good thing to do if we can have our own private security as, you know, members of the organizers, you know, just have their own security. Mm -hmm. People but trained and they did have an announcement about that. Of You were you were at the, San, the first San Francisco dike march. I was. And I, I remember- you or Vinny or both of you in the Lesbian Avengers at that time? Vinny was. Yeah. Vinny was. I That would be a group thing, and that's not my deal. No, fair uh, enough. I watched Vinny do these things. But <laughs> I thought they said, oh, there's going to be a dike march, and they would uh, use stencils on the sidewalk to instead of posters on a you know, yes, pole. Yes, yes. And uh, I thought, well, well, that's a good idea, because San Francisco is a very gay male town, mm -hmm. and Pride is a really big event, but there, you know, women's spaces always have to be carved out, and so the dike march seemed like a very good idea to me, and it was a great party. Yeah. Yeah. And that started in San... It got to San Francisco in the early mid-90s. It started in like DC or New York or somewhere in the early, early 90s. But I think because it had that like almost 10-year start on Dyke March, it's sort of come back full circle. Like at this point, Dyke March, the second day was very, felt very militant. And it had the last time we were there too. It felt like, fuck everybody, we're here, raw. <laughs> and do you remember saying that, that when we went to Trans and Dyke March with the tiny people that we felt more comfortable having tiny people and the other attendees were much more welcoming of our tiny people at Trans March than they had been at Dyke March. I do remember that. I, and I, last time we went to Dyke March, I was still able to march in the parade. Yes, yes. we were not relegated to the side as, no. as allies. I, I could and Vinny could because we are still at least partially female aligned, female attracted persons. Mm -hmm. Although I did see see a number of trans guys in the dyke march. I saw some guys, gay, gay guys in the I dyke some, march too, and I was like, what, what are you guys doing? I don't understand you. Well, I saw some cisgender gay men, you mm -hmm. know, who were like there, and they said, you know, dykes to the center, allies to the side. But I think, you know, they didn't clarify that allies to the side meant only as spectators, or if that meant... It seemed clear enough to me. I thought but so too. I'm not, but I'm not, you know, a cisgendered guy, so I know how to listen every fucking where. Correct. And I know how to listen to the directions. But yes, I also saw a number that the of women are speaking. trans men and masculine presenting female assigned persons, including a number with facial hair and chest scars who were happily marching with their shirts off that I think were also welcomed into the dyke space because they had at one time presented as dykes, identified as dykes. And so, you so, know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Possibly those cisgendered looking gay 
men identified as dykes. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm not going to say someone else doesn't belong. That's not for me to say. No. It wasn't our space to, wasn't my space to get into. I was just hanging out. Right. We were hanging out by the music. Yeah. I loved the fact that the big truck that had the sound system had a big poster on the side that said, trans dykes belong here. Although yeah, at the that was very, good... very end of the parade, that one trans dyke, the police were about to make a scene. I got out my phone. I started recording because I was like, oh shit, this cannot become a problem. I thought, are you guys serious? There's like five or six of you. And yeah, she's being a pain, but she's moving along. I mean, that was part of the protests that they were having at the end about the ice thing. And Yeah, there were a lot and, of people, um, especially at the very tail end of the parade where they're being brought up at the rear by the police who are, you know, clearing the way for traffic to come through again. And the they people- they were feeling threatened by her because they they, w- they didn't come at the cis female people the same way. No, they didn't. Nor at the other topless people. Like they were looking at her and they were pointing at her chest. And like there were some people at the very tail end holding a banner that would clearly like stop and dance around ever so often with the clear intent. Like they knew that they their stopping and dancing was a big fuck you to the police car that was like two feet behind them. Every time they would take a step, these police cars right behind them would inch up behind them. Mm -hmm. Like, we really need to clear the streets for the traffic now. And they were- You can't have a protest and let traffic go through. Just saying, guys. No, I know. I mean, that's kind of, yes, we are stopping traffic. You need to be okay with that. And for the most part, they were, except for there was this one trans dyke who was topless making herself known, and they decided to get up in her face. Yeah, and I was watching, and, and I thought, somebody needs to go over there, but it needs to be one of those women from the march. And eventually they did go over there. Right. And then the guys just backed off. Yeah. You know, they, they gave some space. Uh-huh. I mean, they didn't like it, but they gave some space. They did. And uh, yeah, that was a bizarre situation that not, not doesn't, unfortunately, not as surprising as it should be. Yeah. Um, so... There were parades. There were There were parades and the boy was mostly good. He was. Until the end when he... Completely was all done and had no more I was going to throw him into the bay. Yes. And I had to get away from him before I threw him into the bay. Yes. Because that's not good parental behavior of other people who might notice. Well, and not only that, but it wouldn't have been setting a good example for our boy either. Well, that I know. But... (laughs) <laughs> but I'm aware I'm also out in public and... Uh, Being seen I know, throwing your kid in the water. I know when to step away. And he does get me to that point frequently. He does. And I don't know what it is about that with you. Like he used to push for that with me when I was his primary at-home care person. And he would push and push and push and I wouldn't have the same emotional reaction. And he seemed to take that as an emotional distance. Like I didn't care about his distress that I wasn't also getting distressed. Yeah, that's true. You and I talked about that. And I'd like to get less distressed, but I'm just seriously trying not to choke the shit out of him sometimes. Well, praise you for your self-control. Yeah. So that was... That was our big Pride weekend. Again, we didn't actually end up at the Pride Parade or at the festival downtown at City Center. We went to the lesser... Lesser things, which were really huge anyway. For you, they were really huge. They were compared to before. True. They've grown. They have grown. Exponentially. Yes. So that was our weekend. Is there anything else or is that it? No idea. That's probably it. Okay.
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! What? You're funny watching you get situated. Why is it funny? Because you do this and then you undo it, then you do that and then you undo it, and then you lean back and then you sit back up and then you... None of them are comfortable. I know. (laughs) And I feel bad for you that you're not comfortable, but still the process is mildly amusing. Okay. (sighs) That's your fault. You gave that to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So many things around here are my fault. Well, I mean, for a year, everything was my fault. So by this point, I'm just kind of used to it. Bacon and ironed work clothes are your fault. Yeah. Okay, then. I made bacon. Bacon is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Is sitting on his scooter on the floor. (laughs) Siri. No, it's Siri. No, thank you. It's still lit up. Yeah, but the little line across the bottom isn't. So it's not actually... Ha, 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 ha.